Welcome to season two of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Well, welcome to the Week Pastors Podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. We are really excited about this episode. We have a very special guest very here today. Special. Are you excited? I am super excited. You, for some reason, as soon as you got on, you were so impressed by Gio because you saw yes. this really fly picture yes. of him. I wasn't super excited until I logged on and there was, <laughs> oh my goodness, straight out of GQ spread. It, I mean, it looked like a GQ pick. Really? I mean, G, I, well, so G, please send us pictures so we can post it on our Instagram. We haven't even talked about <laughs> yeah. who our actual guest is. Yes, so. yes, yes. So listen, we want to just welcome Pastor, uh, the very Reverend Gio. Gio, thank you for joining us. Yay. Hey, fam. You know, I'm so excited to be here today for four reasons. Like, four reasons? One, yeah. Four, right? So All number right. one, wow. I'm a, I'm a long time listener and fan of the podcast, y'all. Like I've listened to every episode like religiously, so nice. all the way here in Pasadena, California. All right, that so that's nice. why I California yeah. numbers are so good because of Gio and his influence. Yes, I'm promoting it. And then yes. second, second, Sua, like I relate to you every time oh you talk about your Latina Asian side. Wait, like, are you okay. Latino? No, no, no. See, here's the thing. I didn't grow up in Guatemala, pero listen, pero, pero listen, listen, right? Yeah, I'm listening. I, I grew up, <laughs> I grew up partly in East LA as an Indonesian American, right? Wow. Oh, and, you're Indonesian. And Indonesian, yeah. And wow. okay, while, while, okay, while growing up in East LA isn't the same as growing up in the actual Latin American country. <laughs> oh, but it's much closer yeah. than Bergen County, New Jersey. Sure, sure. But like, I, I know it's <laughs> yes. not the same, but my, for my pero... Indonesian um, family, uh our dinner table was a reflection of our neighbors so mm -hmm. even though we did have mm -hmm. fried rice egg rolls and beef satay yeah. we also had tamales elote, Dude, your accent is noodle, lit Yo, what's up with this? Dude, you know? practicing that, your accent is legit do you speak spanish you know a little bit i tried i'm, I'm also trying to so i'm trying to learn i'm trying to learn korean wow. too for ij's sake you know <laughs> I'm trying to learn korean you know that all the k-dramas we watch together like i'm, I'm like oh, asking man. him questions often so i'm trying to learn korean too no when he told me better listen i was like wait a minute hold on where am i right now <laughs> yeah seriously that's like like spanglish like legit spanglish yeah, yeah. you know wow. wow and then um let's see third third you know, Third, Pastor Peter, you know, my soulmate, IJ, has said yeah. so many good things about you, you know. So I, I feel like I already know you. And it, it's kind of that, like, moment where, you know how, like, you have a best friend and then you meet their parents and then you realize <laughs> everything about them makes sense? Oh, oh my God, right? yes. Like, Dude. I, I kind of have that feeling with you as one of IJ's spiritual mentors because um, I, I, I noticed that there's certain IJ mannerisms that okay. I realize, I, I think... He they may come have from picked, him? Yeah, maybe. Oh like, 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 for instance, like, I think like a lot this, of people, when, yeah. like, when they get excited or passionate about something, they speed up and get louder, right? <laughs> no, oh, my but gosh. When, but, when IJ, but when IJ gets excited about something, he slows down his speech oh, really? as if, like, to savor every word he's about to say, right? And you know what, Pastor Peter? I think you do that, too, because at least based on me, um, that's me hearing you speak on the podcast. And that's like, you know, yeah, really yeah. like all, all I so know about funny. you is your voice. Right. So I, yeah. I, I think I hear that. Wow. And then, and then so fourth funny. and then fourth, y'all, like if you are a Metro listener, I was so fortunate to already be welcomed in your community back in March because yeah. I got to speak at the winter retreat. Shout, oh, out, wow. you Shout yeah. out you. Too. Yeah. So like this past year, got to know many of the young people there that attended. So, yeah. 
That's I awesome. am so excited. Awesome. So excited. Wow. Yeah. That is yeah. that is amazing. And I'm just so grateful that you said yes to be on here. We want to get to know you. Uh, yeah. We really do want to get to know you because this is an important thing. So, uh, but before we do that, well, you know what? Let's let's do that. Let's get to know you a little bit. Why don't you just share with our audience who you are? Now, we know that you're from Los Angeles, but who yes. you are and uh, what you're doing right now. And uh, and I'd love to know like what you did before you went into ministry. That would be kind of cool, too. All sure. right. And then we got some really fun questions to, to answer today. So, Sua, Sua, yeah, you're going to feel a little left out today. I guarantee you that. All right. So, anyways, uh, I'm sorry. Do we have we established that Geo is like more like you than me? Yes. You don't know yet. You don't I know believe anything. Geo is more like I'm the wild card. Prove yeah, that he's the wild card. Yeah. No, no, no. We're going to prove that today that he is more like me than he is you. So, okay, you're going to feel we'll kind of left okay. out. We'll see. You're like a unicorn in some way. So, anyway, I, I think Tell Gio us about is more you, like me Gio. Than you. Yeah, Geo. Geo, what's your full name? Share with the audience your full name. Okay, my full name is Giovanni Sonraps Panginda. And when you say Giovanni, you say it with your hands because it's Italian, like it's a passionate language. Giovanni. So it's Giovanni. Giovanni. Right? Yes, Giovanni. Yeah. Giovanni. But I do also respond to the Americanization of the, the, the name Giovanni, you know? Mm -hmm. And I also go by Gio. So, you know, that's I, I go by all that. So yeah. who gave you that name? Did you come up with it or did your parents give it to you? My mom, actually. So so this is a funny story. Uh, my mom watched this uh, Italian opera by okay. uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Oh, you know right. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, and the name of the opera is called Don Giovanni. Right. <laughs> oh, nice. And I don't know if you all know anything about Don Giovanni, but Don Giovanni is basically a Don Juan. I was know? just going to say, is he <laughs> right? like... <laughs> A yeah. bon, like a womanizer, right? Right, right, yeah, yeah. right. So, like, she liked the music and, you know, and didn't, I mean, she doesn't even speak Italian, but, like, just loved the music, like, kind of, like, followed the story. I mean, it's it's a comedy dramedy kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, so she liked it so much. She liked the name. She looked it up. It means God is gracious. Oh, right? wow. Okay. And so she, she liked it. And then, you know what? On her birthday, May 8th, I decided to pop up. <laughs> you guys wow. share a birthday? So I share a birthday with That's her. Crazy. So, um, you know, it was hard for my parents to have kids. And so I was their miracle baby. Uh, wow. So that's why my name is Giovanni because God was gracious to give her a gift of a kid. I love that. Yeah. Man, here I would say your that. mom named you after a womanizer, but now like you're going so <laughs> deep on us already. I think wow. she's more on Team Sua than Team Peter. I'm just yeah, so say. far, so far. I'm a yeah. little disappointed, but okay, we'll see what happens here. We'll so are you an happens. only child? I am now. I, I used to have a brother and a sister, and uh, they both passed away. Oh, yeah. oh but that God. can be a different episode because I actually talk about that with huh. my with with your students, actually, with the Metro mm. kids mm. Um, wow. at the retreat. I talk wow. about grief and loss and yeah. what that did to my sense of identity. Mm. Um, but yes, I am an only child. I, I will say that physically. But yeah. mm -hmm. spiritually, y'all, I'm rich in brothers and sisters. Oh, know? I know you are. And you know, I, I, IJ is one of them. So That's right. You know? That's right. For those who may not know who IJ is, we talk about him sometimes. I did say he's a, the best dresser I know. Um, but uh, IJ is our youth pastor at Metro, and he is really an amazing, amazing person in every way. And the fact that you guys are soulmates, soul partners, makes me really happy that you guys are doing life at that level. And we've had episodes about soulmates, and the fact that you guys are doing life at that level is really, really special. So. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So, Jill, what do you do now? So, what I do now is I am, on the weekdays, I work as a project coordinator at the Fuller Youth Institute. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've all heard of that. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then on the weekends, I'm a youth and college pastor at uh, three Indonesian churches. And I say three because they are sister churches. They're at three different areas. So like every Sunday, I drive about 60 miles. I, in a way, I'm oh like a gosh. circuit rider. You know? Wait a minute. Like are you preaching three times on a Sunday? Not all the time. So it depends on really like how many kids there are, right? Because I don't want to, <laughs> like, you don't want to preach to just like, five kids you know yeah right? yeah 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 it just depends yeah. right uh, because okay. we're a smaller immigrant church uh, sometimes i'm preaching huh. sometimes i'm teaching okay. but definitely at my home church i am preaching yeah. wow is that the wow. church you grew up uh mm-hmm. it isn't it isn't okay but if you if we want to do an episode about church trauma y'all like oh my gosh me up at some Gio point. has to be a regular i have so right. many questions and i keep thinking in the back of my head we have this kind of um bullet yeah, we- points of questions we want to ask him but i'm so curious about yeah, his yeah. life no no so we'll definitely have him. we yeah, definitely got to okay. have him on again yeah. okay but yeah. what did you do before you went into ministry before you actually did fuller and started working at fuller yeah yeah so i was at, 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 at like years ago i was a, a ucla student and after graduating i decided to uh, work in fashion i did social media marketing um, for mm. this company uh, that that did work against human sa- uh, human and sex trafficking um, oh. through fashion, like using fashion as the medium, as a lens um, to promote awareness about that. Um, before, wow. This is like years before human and sex trafficking became such a like... Involved uh, thing, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And um, so the name mm. of it was called Freedom and Fashion. They still exist today. They actually wow. are now more of a mentorship um, you know, program for, wow. uh, for girls to, for them to kind of learn the, the trade, you know, of, of, of how to design, how mm-hmm. to, um, you know, um, actually like, what do you call it? So <laughs> like yeah. forgetting my terms and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the business and, and, and all of that. Right. Um, but before it became that, like that, I got to, I got to have a chance to interview celebrities, um, which so is talk actually, about some of the most memorable. Yeah, yeah, most memorable, yeah, most memorable celebrity. celebrity. Okay, so one of the most memorable celebrities um, for me, for me, was uh, I don't know if y'all watch Project Runway. Yeah, I do not. Right. Okay. So I the did. Project Runway. So there was uh, um, I'm forgetting his name. His name I think is Michael. Like I think like a last name was like Italian last name. I'm forgetting it right now. But the reason why it's so memorable because it's it's actually that moment was when I realized I want to quit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not quite the okay. direction I thought we were going. <laughs> okay. okay, the reason is this. Okay, so I'm interviewing him, and I have my camera person behind me, right? And then this um lady this reporter from uh entertainment tonight i don't know if that's like a show oh yeah it's been here yeah yeah. et man you know she comes into the shot and tries to steal the interview from me right yeah and 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 the reason why is because you know we're running out of time um for interviews and she still has um to interview him and i'm basically you know stopping that because i'm I'm, I'm interviewing him you know so this is like me, like, like, how do you know, I'm a Christian and like, how do I, what do I do? <laughs> like, it's one of those. And, and again, I was young. So I'm like, do I, do I chew, like chew her out? Like, what do you do? You know, but no, like grace of God, uh, this, this gentleman, um, he stopped her and said, listen, I'm talking to this gentleman right now. You wait your turn. Bye. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, but that's yeah, so- when you decided to quit. Yeah, because like it's such a dog eat dog world, yeah. you know, yeah. and like 
I, I don't think my empathetic heart could take it. Wow. <laughs> I'm an Enneagram well, 2, by the way. I was going to say, yeah, you're so, a 2. Enneagram so two. That yeah, I, I really, I still don't know what that is, but Enneagram 2. Okay. I, I, yeah. I know Enneagrams, but I just don't know. Like, I know I know the Myers-Briggs. But, Gio, so what was so funny is that when you got on, uh, you had this, like, uh, it looked like you were, like, a model, right? But then, like, Sue was <laughs> like, wow, you got some really nice skin. Oh, you know, Sue, all the years you and I have known excellent. each other, you've never complimented thank me you. on my skin. <laughs> thank you. It, you know, I owe it. I owe it all again to my best friend IJ. IJ yeah. showed me a routine, and I. You know, you're you're off. If if you're listening and you want some beauty tips from IJ, uh, you know he's available um, at yeah. a price probably. But no, but IJ probably. IJ would be the man if you want to get some uh, input on skin. And I think I he never gave me um he never gave me advice on how to work on my skin because I think it's too late. <laughs> I can not imagine you putting the effort into. Making your skin look nice. I wash nice. my face every day, and I do put moisturizer, so especially in the wintertime, it gets so dry. Like, I can't, you know. So I, but I think it's a pure functional thing for you. I can't. Yeah. I, I don't think it's like an aesthetic nah, thing. Nah, You're nah. not investing anyway, enough. Uh, but, yeah. So, Gio, we are so delighted to have you. And before I ask these questions that will make you be Team Peter instead of Team Sua, <laughs> I, I would love for you to just share. Were you always, did you grow up in the church? Like, did you grow up? Like, how did you come to know Jesus Christ? Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. So um, my dad uh, grew up actually as a Muslim. Like, remember, Whoa. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm from That's right. Filipino, right. Yeah. right? And so uh, my dad grew up as a Muslim. He converted into Christianity uh, around his high school years mm. um, as a result of some missionaries uh, mm. that wow. came. But the problem was a couple months later, um, a lot of jihadists came to... Oh that area and started you know headhunting and killing oh, christians gosh. or at least the new newly converts mm. uh converts and so my dad and his family um so my grandparents they actually uh lived in the jungle or underneath um the the nice muslims um what do you call it floorboards mm. uh for for a wow. bit for like uh, my dad i think he said for about a year that's what he did what um yeah wow um, oh my gosh. and so that's the way he lived his life um and and, but but then you know he's he's still you know a faithful Christian. Uh, my mom, on the other hand, she is like a second or third generation Christian. My mm -hmm. my grandpa, um, who was in the Indonesian military um, back in World War II, um, like was uh, yeah was a Christian, and so mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I I guess I have that kind of yeah. legacy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in in addition to that, though, I I come from like a long line of pastors in. And not through my dad, but through several uncles. Like if you look at my family mm. who uh, who are pastors, like a majority of my uncles are pastors um, and, and some women pastors too, some of my aunts. And then, and a lot of them also work at the church somehow, either as worship leaders um, or, you know, I don't know, like uh, just somehow my family is just connected to church. Which is actually why I wanted to work in fashion was because I wanted to run away from the. So yeah. I was, yeah. were your parents happy? Were your parents happy when you decided to make this career switch? Uh, to, yeah, I mean, they were like, like, "We knew it was coming." Yeah, I, well, that, I think that was my mom because oh, y'all, okay. y'all know the prayers of a yeah. faithful wife. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, faithful yes. mom. Like my mom was always praying, and um, you know, one day 
you know, I decided I want to go to grad school, right? And mm-hmm. my background at UCLA was psychology and sociology. Mm-hmm. So I, I love studying people. Mm-hmm. Like people mm-hmm. are my, my love language, right? Uh, social work, so, check. Sociology. Yeah. So it's you yeah. still. Yeah. Sorry. Goodness Sorry, goodness. I think I'm winning. Okay, we're keeping count here, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, dang. Not that yeah. anyone's keeping count. Yep. <laughs> but, um, you know, so, so afterwards, I wanted to apply for grad school in psychology. And at that time, and this is, again, before we can do, you know, these classes online and stuff. Um, They said I couldn't do part-time. I have to do full-time, you know? Mm. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that because I want to graduate without debt. You know, I graduated Mm. UCLA without debt. I want to graduate, you know, my grad school without debt. And so um, one of the places I looked at was Fuller and, you know, they said, well, you could try the MDiv program. And when when I heard the word MDiv, <laughs> it was like I heard God laughing, like the laughter of God, like laughing at me, because that was exactly what I wanted not to yeah. do. It was right? like yeah. Nineveh. Yeah. No. Really, yeah. Pretty much. And so I remember crying to um, you know my then then best friend. Like um, I was like, bro, why is it that God is closing doors? Um, left and right like I doesn't he know I want to be a therapist for the kingdom of God you know and because you could have done school of psychology yeah yeah he, he could have yeah. yeah and then um my my friend was like okay let, let's 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 walk through this all right yeah Geo. all right therapists they got to be good listeners right like yeah well what about pastors do they not have to be good listeners like yeah okay therapists uh they they help people with their problems, right? What what about pastors? Like, yeah, they help people, you know. So he he goes through a therapist, what, what they do and what pastors do. And then he goes through this. You know what pastors get to do that therapists don't get to do? Um, and I was like, what? They get to be there in the most intimate uh, moments of people's lives pre whatever trauma, right? So, um, and what he means by that is this, like, when there's a baby being born, you know mm-hmm. who gets invited? Yeah. The yeah. pastor, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When there's a baptism, you know who yeah. gets invited? The pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when there's this graduation, you know who gets invited? The pastor. Mm. But, you know, they're also, you know who who's also there in the most like darkest moments of people's lives when there's a divorce in the family, when there's a death in the family, when um visiting hours are over and you know someone's dying yeah um you know who gets to be there the pastor mm-hmm. you get to be there as a pastor in the in the the celebrations of life but also the the darkness of life and you get to point people towards christ like mm-hmm. that's a great thing geo mm-hmm. like why are you like closing that door mm-hmm. on that yeah right yeah and as soon as he said it that way i just like started crying because like my heart Mm. Like something about my heart, like he spoke to my heart because mm. that is what, what I wanted, um, yeah. or at least what I, my heart wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he became a, a, a missionary. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, so we always have this joke, like if we ever hang out, like at a bar, you know, a pastor and a missionary hang out at the bar. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, that That's a line for a joke there, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. That's so cool. Thank you again for just sharing. Yeah. Are you and IJ around the same age? No, I'm actually about 10 years older than IJ. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So then now you know he really has good skin. 
Yeah, you 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 have much wow. better teeth than IJ then, because yeah. you're ten okay, years don't older. Don't say that. Don't say oh, that. IJ's gonna kill me. He's gonna me. cry. Yeah. Young, beautiful skin. No. You know, he's still young, but yeah, you got it. The nope. Indonesian skin clearly superior yeah, to the Indonesian Korean skin. skin. Yeah, clearly, yeah. clearly. <laughs> okay, okay, so I got a question for you, and, and this is really just for you because I already know the answer for Sua, so we don't need to ask her this question. But this is for you, and I just want to know. I just want to okay. know this. All right. Have you ever cheated on a test? Have I ever cheated on a test? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah! Team yeah cheater on yes, yeah. yes. I, have, I have cheated on a test um well, okay so share with us if you can just be vulnerable here when was yes. the last time you've cheated on a test was it was it at fuller no, keep it 100 no, it was not at it was not at okay. fuller it was actually oh no i'm gonna reveal it all right you guys ready <laughs> i'm ready it was it was at ucla Yes. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Yes, okay. Yes. So yes. That's pretty is, recent. So this is this is what happened, right? <laughs> look at so, look at Sue is judging you so much right this now. This interview's so, over. I'm so, checked out. No, I'm just she kidding. is like she just cannot <laughs> believe this. I told you he's yeah. more like me than you. Anyway, mm -hmm. yeah. So this is what happened. So I was <laughs> I was into this one girl and she enrolled in uh, Mandarin class, right? Yeah. And so I was like, I'm gonna enroll in Mandarin class, you know? So I enrolled in Mandarin class right yeah and the thing was i didn't realize how hard mandarin was gonna be <laughs> you chose the wrong language yeah and you know i was hoping like you know if, if i learned mandarin i could probably <laughs> impress her dad yeah. you know i could order in mandarin like he was I already this, married to her like, at this yeah i had this yeah. romantic mm -hmm. like you know thing in my head um but no it was so hard i was beating myself <laughs> up um, but the thing was, um, I was kind of like a class clown, like in yeah. class. And um, what do you call it? Uh, every day of Mandarin class, you have to say a sentence in Mandarin. Oh my goodness! Right? So you like everyone gets tested. Yikes. Like the the professor, she she was uh, sorry, the TA. Um, she was a, a a Korean who grew up in Beijing. Wow. Um, so she spoke English, Korean, and uh, Mandarin. And so, um, so I'll, I'll never forget. So, like, I would, I would, uh, add, I would like say, like, flirtatious kind of lines. I'd be like, Li Lao Shi, Ni Han Piaoliang. What does that mean? Which means, like, uh, Teacher Lee, you're very pretty, you know? Like, um, so, like, <laughs> Dang, like dude. innocent, innocent, but kind of flirtatious, <laughs> right? And, so eventually came the final, right? Like, let's just fast forward. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Oh, eventually gosh. came the final. And um, what do you call it? I can't believe I'm confessing this online, by the way. No. <laughs> it's okay. It's this okay. is what PP does to people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, it, it's a fun story. But uh, so one of the rules of a language class at UCLA is um, you're supposed to do the written and also the the oral test. Mm. So mm. the written test, like, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with, right? Then came the oral test. And I've studied hard, y'all. Like, you mm. don't know. Like, I studied hard because... How do you cheat on um, oral? So this is this is what happened. Let me get to, let me get to that. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> I can't I'm wait ready. to hear this. So um, part of the oral exam is uh, the, prof the professor at TA will say a sentence and they're not allowed to repeat it. And you just... Oh. So they could be crickets, but like oh. you... You because that's part of the comprehension, so right? You they say a sentence, it? and you have to no, you, you don't translate. It, you have to respond, con respond. Converse, oh wow, right? even harder. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll always remember this because because <laughs> I, I I you know could have failed. So what happened was um, 
she says a, a sentence and y'all everything i learned just oh, no. went down the drain <laughs> Like oh, all no. my hours of yes, studying, yes, yes. everything just like came down. I I didn't know what anything she said. Like oh, there was no. nothing. And like I I and before I've been getting like you know decent decent enough grades, but I'm like I don't know anything she said. So she breaks the rules for me, y'all. So she cheats for me. She repeats the question. Wow. Did you right? still not know what she said? And then I still didn't know what she said. <laughs> right? So that's already strike two. Oh okay. And then this is what she does. She says it in English. She's not supposed wait, to. Wait, wait, hold on. So you didn't cheat. She cheated no, 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 for no, you. She no, but you. I cheated it's, it's too. Not, that's not cheating. So, so I ended up saying, like, oh. It's starting to look like Team Sua again. Well, Jayo Sangaren, well, Baba, well, Mama, huh, well. Sorry, like, I butchered my Mandarin, but I was trying to say there's three people in my family my, my father, my mother, and me. Because her question was, how many people were there in your family? Oh, my God. You know? And it was a simple question, and I completely didn't know and so i cheated like i partnered up on this cheating <laughs> no but i don't know if that's cheating because your ta is the one who helped you cheat exactly All that you her up during that's your teacher helping you like I'm, yeah. I'm talking about like legit cheating like now like, pp you know, will tell you what real cheating yeah, is let like me share Give with you your legit, <laughs> let me share with you what legit cheating is because i'm a little disappointed man you got to tell me that you did this too because to me that's not cheating if you yeah, and then he was like you, i can't believe i'm gonna confess this except the actual confession is that I'm he like, didn't actually oh my cheat. god you're, you're so much like sua it's disgusting very <laughs> holy he's all right, very all right. holy so, but did you cheat like prior to that moment too like like literally like cheat like ever cheat yeah i mean okay wait your question i thought was originally most recent when was the most recent okay so yeah. I, i'm was, telling you was, the most recent. okay oh, yeah but so you have cheated before before yeah. that too yeah oh, well okay the right. easiest the easiest answer okay math nice y'all nice. know math right yeah, because yes. as an Asian American, if you fail math, you fail that's right. life. That's right. right? Mm -hmm. That's right. That's and true. So with that that's pressure right. on, like, ooh, right? Yeah. So, um, what do you call it? When I was in ninth grade, I was already doing kind of like I think tenth or eleventh grade math, and so mm. by the time I reached like senior year, I was doing Too some advanced. some collegiate math. Yeah. Um, but I remember like I it was either in eleventh grade or tenth grade. Um, I think it was um gosh oh it had to do with tangents and signs geometry yeah. like, um and had to do with like yeah you yeah. know one over cosine it's sokatoa sokatoa you know? oh my god like, stop this yeah. nonsense you nerd so yeah so i'm just like tell I'm me like, about the geometry no, 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 no yeah no, so i'm know. like what is this <laughs> like what is going on like i didn't even know and um so yeah, I, I cheated. I how this is the yeah, way. I how cheated. did you cheat? Yeah, we want to know. Did you write equations on your arms? Did you look yeah. at a paper of a yeah. classmate? Did you look over someone? Did you yeah. put it no. in your calculator? Your TI eighty three or whatever we had? None of that. None of that. Mm. I wrote so it on my desk. Oh, you wrote it on your desk. Yeah, I wrote That's like a little. I, I wrote like a little cheat sheet on my desk. That's what I'm talking about, right yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Genius. Yeah. Genius. And, All right. And and this is why mm. it's genius because when. <laughs> You know, when they came mm. towards me, I could easily erase it. Yeah, I will put the paper over it. Doesn't mm. matter. Yeah, yeah, or that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Mm. That's it. I love it. I love it, yeah. Sua. I love it. Oh, then also <laughs> I I I use my like privilege, aka mm. I'm the good student. Come on. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm the holy one, right? Like I'm the good one, the good one. And so people were like, you know, I, I have this like angel halo on my head. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And so this is the time when I was so desperate. I'm like, I cannot fail in this. <laughs> I love I'm gonna it. Do this, so, yeah. I love it. I love it. I just, awesome. I just don't know. Like, you know, I, I understand that the premise of our podcast is that we are weak and we're, you know, trying to be vulnerable. <laughs> but I, I'm not sure if like you cheering people on as they confess, like, you know, their sins or like things like this is necessarily the same so, thing so as like we're being just vulnerable and so transparent. I mean, the, the truth right? will set you free, right? The truth will set you free. Yeah, you're you're yeah. just not as broken. PP has like so person. much glee right now. Like he's so happy. Like he's team like, Peter. yeah. Well, you're you're the one who started this Team Sue, a Team Peter thing. No, all right? I'm just I, saying I, so there's anyway. more of me Sua, than more Sua, of you. I clearly know you've never cheated on a test. So I'm not going to even ask you that because I know it's an absolute no. But for me, the last time I cheated was in college. Okay, I cheated off of this international kid. He was a friend he's from korea all right guy could barely speak a lick of english but the kid was brilliant we were in a microeconomics class i didn't know how to study for this thing i knew nothing about it and so this guy man i just I, my peripheral vision is on point like i can look without turning my head to the mm -hmm. left or to the right like perfectly yeah you must be perfectly. so proud it's truly it's truly a gift <laughs> and I looked at his answers and I just copied everything he did and I got a I don't remember what I got but I got a good grade. I got I think I got like a 93 or something like that and uh, I probably would have failed if I didn't cheat. So I'm not proud. Listen, we're not asking you to cheat. Uh we're not encouraging cheating. I'm just trying to be honest. Like, you know, we're broken people it happens. Okay, you can I and, You uh, know what honesty is? When I was in Okay. I feel like God plays jokes on me, though, because I think he thinks it's hilarious that I get all anxious about things like this. No, no. People cheated off of your papers. I'm no, sure, no, no, so no, no, no. I wasn't that smart. When I was in ninth grade. No, no, no. It wasn't that. like, okay, it was 10th grade. I was in AP bio and Mr. McCarthy. AP bio and 10th would give grade. I wasn't pop that smart. Quizzes. He would give us yeah. pop quizzes. Yeah. And everybody would do terribly because, you know, pop quizzes stink. Like everyone, yeah. like the average grade Even of the you? class was like Even 45. You did Even you did bad? Yeah. No, but I'll tell you why. He okay. would always forget to grade the back of my page. <laughs> I know. I don't know why he would give. I would get like a 90, but then I would be like, wow. But then I would turn the page over and he hadn't graded it. This happened four separate times. So, so, so every time just... I would go to Mr. McCar Mr. McCarthy and say, you forgot to grade oh. the back of my quiz. And then he would why? be like. Because I want to earn my grade. Oh my god! And then he would be like, "Oh, you know what? That was my bad. So j I'll just let it go." And he did this every single time. And I think wow. God was playing a joke on me. The same thing happened to me. A similar thing happened to me when I was in AP Calculus. I was really bad at math, right? So I got I did really poorly my first first quarter. I literally got a what C minus. It was the first I got a C minus. What grade were you in? You in AP Calculus? Senior year. I'm not good at math. Okay. So okay, 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 I got okay. a C minus. This was the first time I had gotten a C in my life and I was <laughs> panicking. So then I studied my butt off and the next quarter I got an A. But then when I looked at my report card, he had changed the C minus to an A. So I went over to Mr. Francis and I said, Mr. Francis, this was supposed to be a C minus. And for some reason it says there's an A. And then he was like, oh, I'll, I'll check. I'll change it on the next one. That was my mistake. But he kept doing that. And I have to keep going to him every quarter. Mr. Francis, you were supposed to change the C minus to an A, uh, a minus to A to a C minus. And you forgot. 
I did this every single quarter. And then towards the end of it, he says, Sua, just take the grade. It's fine. Sua, Sua, I just want you to know nobody listening can relate to you. <laughs> nobody listening is relating to anything you're it's, saying. It's between God and me. You, he you, knows I'm you, keeping the line. Maybe you are the closest thing to the incarnation of Jesus Christ that's possible. Okay, you're the no, female version of that. One. It's because I'm a one. But when he goes to their teacher and said, you should have given me a C, not an A. Like, that's just nuts. Just be quiet. Just to take it. Just you know, quiet. it's their mistake. No, but yeah. I think this has to do with me being an Enneagram wow. one. Like, I just want to do the right thing. Oh. Right. And I, I want to be right before God, you know? Oh, brother. All right. Well, listen, I had another question, but I think we're we're going a little long here. And I, I want to be sensitive on time. This one would have been a really good one. But, you know, Gio, I'm going to save this one for the next time you come. And this one's going to be right. deep, though. And Sue okay. is going to be sharing this, too. This is something that Sue can share as well. Okay. Uh, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be you difficult. You excluded. Uh, Sua, listen, you don't have a dark side because clearly when even nice things happen to you, you you try to make amends and try to make sure that it's correct rather than you just accepting the grace of God, God's favor upon you. That's what, really? God's favor. Really? Listen, favor really? is not fair. You just got to know that favor ain't fair. And you had it and you just still try to correct it. Yeah, I know it's not fair because I'm looking at Gio's skin and that's favor right there. <laughs> that is not oh, fair. He's 10 years older than IJ, okay. so... Not that much younger than me. You could just look at John and my skin and you'll feel better about yourself, okay? I like the freckles. You know, to be fair, I okay. like the freckles. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please tell that to my wife. But anyway, we got to get started here. We yeah, do. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to invite you on the episode is because I do feel like we have leaders of churches here. We have, of course, parents listening. We have pastors listening. And I think one of the biggest things is trying to f understand, you know, the this Gen Z generation and yeah, just trying to yeah. understand the Gen Zers in a better way. Because I think, you know, a lot of times with older folks, we typically just kind of put them in a box and different things like that. But I think we want to just kind of ask you some questions, your thoughts, your experience. What are some things that you, you think we need to be mindful of as we continue to love and care and serve the Gen Zers and things like that? And also maybe after them as well, that generation. So, so is that cool that we just kind of engage with you in that conversation? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Gio, could you just share? Because, you know, I know my friends who are pastors, they listen to this. Like, what is sort of like a typical common mistake that you see? I don't want to even say a mistake. Just something that you see that's happening with a lot of church youth groups that that you think like our approach to, 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 to reaching out to the youth group is just not working because maybe we're doing it the way we did it back in the 80s or 90s. And it's just we need new ways. And what do you think is something that the church or church leaders are not doing or not even considering that they probably need to consider? Yeah, that's a really good question. But before we continue on that, though, please, like one of my colleagues, Dr. Steve Argue, like would be so disappointed if I failed to address this. So like Go. listeners... I want you to, to think about a young person, you know, someone you mentor, someone that you relate to, uh, that, that's related to you, a young person that you care about. I want you to see their face. Mm. Okay, got it? Because what, what Dr. Argues says, and this is even before any question, like when we talk about young people is you gotta, you gotta know uh, who these young people are. Hmm. Like whenever you hear your congregants talk about young people, ask them who. Like, what's yeah. their name? Like, you know, encouraged to name them because, you know, what we're often tempted to do is we make these generalizations about the mm. generations, right? Like, let's blame the millennials for inflation and ruining Thanksgiving and organic food and the avocado crisis, right? Like those kind of generalizations. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So like, so when it comes to ministry and theology, mm. like the people group that we talk about, they have a name and face 
And yeah. so we we got to like name that. So that's really um, good. And so thinking about it helps us, you know, think about the flesh and blood people that we care about, you know, yeah. the incarnate people like shout yeah. out to your season two, episode four, virtual church. When Sua says oh incarnate, right? Yeah. And, I'm so and, Pastor, right now. And, and Pastor Peter gets all hungry about tacos, right? Remember that episode? <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Oh my mm-hmm. God. That's exactly yeah. what yeah. happened. My God, yeah. you got better memory than I do. Remarkable. Um, <laughs> but back to your question, right? Um, so I, I think one of the things that we also got got to think about um, is uh, there's there's three words that at, at FYI we tend to associate with Gen Z. Okay. Um, so like one is they're adaptive. Mm-hmm. right gen z people are adaptive so they're very you know resilient they think a lot about justice work um yes. mm-hmm. even more so than ge- than previous generations mm-hmm. uh they're entrepreneurial you know they they're running their own business as themselves you know <clears throat> they're like their own brand right yes yes but the the other thing that that we also got to think about um as a church uh, again doing youth ministry is these, is these two other words right one is kind of sad, um, and it, it should make you sad as well. But mm. the that word is the word um, anxious, mm. right? Because mm. a, a lot of a lot of students are dealing, struggling with anxiety, stress, and suicidal ideations um, for many different reasons. You know, whether it be a result of cyberbullying, or yeah. um, or even like you know the gun violence that that occurs mm-hmm. in many many schools right the, the threat of that gun violence mm-hmm. yeah right um and on top of that all these extracurriculars that they have to do in order to you know go into that college that they need mm. to get into you know so there's a lot of like a lot of anxiety and and according to the cdc like wow. anxiety has like tripled um and depression has quadrupled you know uh, over these past years and um so that that's you know, again, something that's different than, you know, the previous generations um, yeah. in terms of youth ministry. And then the third word that uh, at FYI that we um, also see is the word uh, diversity or diverse. Um, for example, um, you know, in 2020, uh, 2020 actually marked like a very pivotal moment in history where, um, according to the U.S. Census uh, data, you know, in 2020, like that uh the ki- people under the the age of 18 um like now half of them are white and half of them are people of color hmm. right so in, that that happened in 2020 and wow. so gen zers are growing up wow. in this kind of like diverse kind of setting and so um because of that like it, you know we can't we can't do youth ministry the way we uh you know think of youth ministry before because the young people um, are culturally diverse as well. That is hmm. a wild yeah. statistic. That's a great yeah. stat. I, I actually didn't know that. And so are you saying then that a um, couple things about church and church leaders that perhaps maybe they're not considering, they're not understanding the level of anxiety that young people have today, number one. Yeah. And number two, do you think then that ethno-specific churches are kind of at a disadvantage then at reaching the Gen Zers? Uh, because their world is such a diverse world, and then you go into this, then you go into a church, and it's just you know uh, predominantly whatever. It's 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 predominantly you know Korean or Asian. It's predominantly black, uh, Latino, whatever. Like, do you think that's a disadvantage in ethno-specific churches? Because the churches are still so ethnically divided, and they're so ethno-specific in this country. 
Yeah. And, and I don't want to knock down on um, ethnic specific churches yes. uh, because I belong to an ethnic specific church. And I believe that God is still using ethnic specific churches uh, even uh, still today. Yeah. But, um, but I, I think a more elastic approach and, and this is me personally speaking. Um, sure. You know, an elastic approach to youth ministry um, even me working at ethnic church is, is the better, uh, better approach because mm. um because then you are open to the different conversations that yeah. you might have when you're in an ethnic specific church versus when you're in a um, multi-ethnic church such as as metro right um yeah. but yeah diversity is 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 definitely um you know a, a big so thing. so uh sua you asked the question after this i'm sorry i don't want to monopolize the time i, was, I know you no, have actually ahead. some really amazing questions sua so then just in your opinion, because you work at the Fuller Youth Institute, you, you do a lot of study on data and all that kind of stuff. Do you feel like the church is going forward, even though, and I agree with you, I think ethno-specific, I think any church that's part of the church is very important of uh, like in terms of its its validity here in this cult in our in our country, you know, if it's if it's every church is Christ-centered. So every church is good. But do you think that uh, going forward uh, for the church for the future, that when a church continues to be focused on ethno-specific uh, sort of ways, that they're actually going to harm themselves in terms of being an evangelistic type of a church? Because if the young people are not into ethno-specific type of settings, would they go to a church that's ethno-specific as opposed to maybe a church that's more diverse? Because if that's really their language, their understanding, their worldview, are we sort of at a disadvantage here than churches that might be ethno-specific? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and um, we don't really have the data for that kind of, you know, yet, yeah. right? But I, I'm speaking anecdotally. Yeah, and just um, in your opinion, in your so opinion. So in, in, my, in my opinion, I think uh, we are, um, what's the word? We, we may underestimate the ethnic-specific church. And and what I mean what I mean by that is um, because so because as, as society gets diverse, people's viewpoints are are diverse, um, right? And so that means that just because you know someone belongs to a ethnic specific church, uh, that doesn't disqualify their viewpoint. If anything, mm -hmm. it actually mm -hmm. helps enrich yeah. um, someone yeah. else's understanding um, of of you know church and God, um, you know, because so often. Um, when we think of church, uh, or when we think of the American church, we think of w a white church, right? Right. Right. Yeah. But but there's so much um, richness that the Latin American church uh, can bring. Some of these nuances that they can bring to um, a white church. Same thing with the Asian American church. Yeah. Same thing with an African um, um, church, um, and, and so forth. So um, I don't. Again, I don't want to disqualify or, um, you know, say that. Uh, because uh, ethnic churches exist in the future, they shouldn't um, just because of the diversity. I, I, I think it only helps um, increase people's awareness and understanding of what, um, yeah, of, of, of their identity, you know, because mm -hmm. more and more people or more and more, sorry, students nowadays, more uh, young people, they are going to be half something, half something, right? Like yeah. multi-ethnic, right? or part something, part something, mm -hmm. um, you know, like I, I, you see it in the comic books of today, right? You have Spider-Man, you know, Peter Parker, uh, white guy, New York, 
and then now you have uh, Miles Morales Spider Man, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. um, he's an uh, Afro Latino. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's I think he's Puerto Rican and, and black, um, living in you know, and 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 I, I like I like bringing that up because sometimes when you you got to pay attention to the the things that young people are are raised on, right? Like stories, comic books, movies, music, uh, because they kind of reveal or, or reflect, um, you know themselves like the 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 the, student, the young people themselves yeah. yeah and you know what i've also noticed i've noticed this is within our church setting with our young people is that i found that uh for some folks as i've been learning that you know because we live in such a a global village and a diverse culture that i do know that that some people some of the young people they really long to be uh in a situation where they could learn you know their culture better or their their where they're from what country whether it's korea and so they get so immersed in specific cultures that they're from because they want to learn and grow and it's so odd because there are some people in our church they were born in this country mm-hmm. and much much younger than me but they speak better korean than me mm-hmm. and i can't and not not to say my korean is my korean is not very good right so i don't i don't my korean is not I very would not fluent say it's bad though it's not bad, but it's not very good. But like, I hear some of these kids speak, and I'm like, "How do you speak Korean like that?" And they're just like, "Well, you, you know, follow like, a girl I, they liked into Korean I, class." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I complimented them in their language in their Korean classes at Rutgers. But you know, but they were saying like, "Well, my grandma raised me. That helps." But then they really into watching like Korean drama. They just they're so yeah. good at picking up stuff. They just learn it, and I'm just blown away. And I think that those ethnic specific churches are important because I think there's a there's a sense where people may want to. Grow grow and they may want to just kind of you know because they're always immersed in a multi-ethnic a global village kind of a setting that they want to they may want to be a part of something that's really um that's their ethnicity their ethnic background so i i, I have noticed that um you know yeah. and i've seen that and that's why i think ethnic specific churches are critically important as well and we can't say that they're not you know and stuff so because yeah. i'm trying so, to think like what would no but what would a non i'm trying to i'm listening to geo I'm, I'm listening to you guys talk and i'm not sure if i'm going to articulate this correctly but what would it look like, though, to have a church that caters to everyone? Like, I'm trying to imagine, and I realize, like, this is a weird question to ask because I know, for example, like, Metro is intentionally a multicultural community. Um, but the more diverse we get, I mean, I don't know. I almost feel like when I was younger, a lot of my youth group models were, I think, based on the mainstream white church. Like, there was a lot of the, right. um, yeah, like, let's have a youth night. And just bring a friend to play basketball, but actually we're gonna talk about God. Like you know, that I don't know. Like I don't know if this is something people still do, but this was very common. Like we're gonna the actually trapping, have trapping a singing conference. Yeah, bait yeah and like a bait and switch. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like we're gonna have a you know basketball yeah. night or you know, we're gonna have pizza night and we're gonna watch a movie, but then it's then at the end it's like, have you heard of the four spiritual laws? Like, do you know what I'm saying? And I <laughs> yeah. feel like yeah. It has shifted a lot based on what I've been seeing in the youth church, like youth groups of churches now. Like, I feel like that's yeah. not necessarily the approach they're using anymore. Yeah. Young people are are not, not into that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but we as young people were, I feel like into that. And I guess my question is more, um, I grew up in a very homogenous church environment. I grew up in a traditionally Korean church and that had to be that way because my parents don't speak English. Um, mm-hmm. So we, it wasn't really an option for us to go to a non-ethnocentric church, yeah. um, ethno-specific church. Um, my kids, on the other hand, 
speak English. I speak English. And so it was actually this very interesting question when we were looking for churches after Metro. At one point, my husband, John, and I really considered going to a, this is weird. We considered going to a Korean church, like a Korean American church. Yeah. Um, And the reason for that was exactly what you're saying, Pastor Peter. If we were growing up in Bergen County, like my kids were growing up in Bergen County, New Jersey. I don't think I would have thought that. Yes. But because here they have no space for them to not think about being a Korean kid or an East Asian kid, I felt like it would be very liberating for them to have a space where they were not East Asian kids. Like they were just like everybody else. Um, And I think this is kind of, um, I don't know, I feel like I'm not articulating my point correctly, but basically I, I do think it's very interesting because I almost can see a shift towards going back to very ethno ethnically specific churches because there is kind of this movement of kids wanting to rediscover themselves you know being mm-hmm. second and third generation being feeling out of touch and i feel like now there's enough of us or there's enough of like a lang- not like non-existent language barrier where they are allowed to do that like they there's yeah. no expectation for them to need to blend in with white mainstream yeah um like for for me growing up i felt that pressure of having to blend in like yeah. trying to be white. And I actually yeah. don't see that with my kids at all. Like my yeah. kids got into, my older one got into a fight a couple months ago because she fought with some kid about Blackpink and BTS. Um, <laughs> and it was a white girl from Ohio. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there is- Was that white girl in Ohio into BTS and Blackpink? Well, they, the fight was Lila's into Blackpink and she said she likes BTS and Lila was like, well, I like both. And the girl's like, you can't like both. I agree. choose a team. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and I agree with her friend. Uh, well, anyway, BTS but my point was, okay, yeah. there's such. A, I don't think I would have brought up K-pop with my yeah. friends growing up because I would have tried to hide that part of myself. I would have talked yeah. about NSYNC or Britney Spears, but yep, then yeah. with my Korean youth group, I would talk about the Korean pop, right? But now yeah. we live in a society where my kids are actually proud to be Korean and they don't feel the need to have yeah. to whitewash themselves. And maybe I wonder if that's kind of part of the draw of them um, what Gio was talking about and what you were seeing, Pastor Peter, about how kids are trying to reclaim their heritage or their cultural background. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I agree with everything. And, and I think part of it too is, so like based on our research, like like young people are asking like three big questions. And, and we wrote a bu- book about it called Three Big Questions um, Every Young Person uh, Asked. But uh, the questions are, who am I? Which is an mm-hmm. identity question. Mm-hmm. Um where do I fit, which is a belonging question. And the third is what difference can I make, which is a a purpose question. Um, The truth is like, we are asking those questions even today as as adults. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, when you are uh, the transition from single to married, like when you're married now, like, who are you? Right. You're, you're now married, you know, and and you go through those questions again. And then when you become a grandparent, like, you know, those questions, we're we're basically asking those questions again, but young people are, are definitely asking those questions. And, what you just said, um, Sua is is part of their their you know uh, thing is like who am I right and and I think part of it too is because there's like these seven um, transitions that young people uh, make in, in in life right because normally when we think about young people um, and and their tra- their trajectory in their life we think of it 
as, as like a linear trajectory, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the pattern is you go to high school, go, go, uh, graduate high school, go to college, get that college degree, get a job, get married, buy a house, have mm-hmm, kids. Mm-hmm. But but the problem is is that it's linear, and and oftentimes churches we think in linear. Too, oh, of course, right? yes. Mm-hmm, we we mm-hmm. model our churches the same way. You got yeah. youth group, college group, young adult group, singles group, married group, right? Yeah. But, but the yep. reality is today's young people, they face more challenges and have more options. And, um, you know, as a result, the, their, the lives that they're living is unstable, which is why they live in these um, transitions. And, and when I say transitions um, at FYI, we see transitions as like, you know, it's exciting and challenging and new, but, but at the same time, it can also be disorienting. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the, the seven um, transitions that, that they make is identity. That's one of them mm-hmm. um, because they're coming to terms with uh, who they are and, or who they want to be, right. Their authentic selves, their true selves. Uh, the second transition is like, you know, vocation, right. What, what kind of meaningful contribution can I make to this world um, and, and provide for myself, right? The third is about wellness, right? What uh, making healthy choices, um, you know, emotional, uh, mental health, physical, you know, those kinds of choices. Uh, four is uh, spiritual, uh, religious choices. Like, what do I actually believe? Like, did, did I inherit this faith from my parents and do I mm-hmm. actually believe what I believe? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How do I take ownership uh, of it? Yeah. Oh, hello. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I was just saying, like, how do we take ownership of it? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. My mic just like uh, went out for a little bit. Okay. Um, And then there's a fifth is like responsibility. Now they have to gain their agency. They they make their own decisions. Um, Six is geographical, right? They they Mm. may be unfamiliar with, uh, you know, where they're going to be, right? They're they're moving. Sua, like, you just, you know, you move to another state and that Mm -hmm. already is like, well, you moved from a different country and then <laughs> another state. You were moving, right? And so I'm that already, a lot. yeah, yeah you're a lot. So yeah. already, like the, those geographical, um, you know, environments that are unfamiliar, the, those are transitions that that these young people need to make. And then finally, is relational, right? Um, mm-hmm. The the relationships young people have, like who are going to be my friends, who are going to be my soulmates, yeah. mm-hmm. what boundaries do I got to make? Uh, with with these young people, uh, I mean, with others, and and these are things that they think about, and these are things that we as as a church can think about uh, as well, because because young people's lives are so unpredictable. Um, you know, I I think the problem isn't the young adult themselves, but the church's inability to see their instability. Hold on, mm. can I pause you for a second? Yeah. So- Pastor Peter and I um, were talking about this in a previous episode. I don't know if it's aired yet. I don't think it has aired yet. But basically, he said something about, and PP, correct me if this is not what you said, but he said something about how he feels like younger, the younger generation, um, I think he was specifically speaking about Gen Z. I don't think you were talking about millennials. They lack grit. Yes. He's, he yes. feels like they lack grit. Yeah. Um, and I'm listening to you talk about how they face a lot more uncertainty than our previous generations. There's a lot more challenges. There's more um, transitions. What do you mean exactly? Because I hear this a lot from the older geriatric millennials and the Gen Xers where they're like, 
we had all the same problems they had. Like, why can't they just deal with it? Like, why is mental health such a priority for them? Like, why is mental illness at such a, you know, high point? Like, what is going on? Because I just feel like they, they're just weak. Like, we were able to do it. Why can't they? This and is we the were kind immigrants. of narrative. A lot of times we had to deal with the right. Im- being so, immigrant, which is even more layered upon. Yeah. Right. So this is kind of the narrative I hear. And what do you, what is your opinion on that as, as somebody who studies youth and also works extensively with youth? Yeah, um, that that is a tension, right? Like uh, this guy named Jonathan Haidt, um, he wrote this. I love book Jonathan Haidt. Called, called the coddling, coddling of the American, of the American mind. mind, baby. Yeah, and yeah. Um, he talks about how, like you know, parents they swoop in and rescue kids, um, yeah. and as a result of of, of that, you know, uh, they don't they, they don't um, experience the metal, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I think there is there is some of that, um, but what I think is like. Uh, so one of my other colleagues, Scott Cormode, um, he says this. He says, as a parent, I want to protect my kids from suffering, but simultaneously, I want them to have the kind of character that usually comes from suffering. Mm, that's yeah. such a good quote. Yeah. But that's right? impossible. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and challenges are are needed uh, to strengthen us. Yeah. And um, but but the thing is, like, your kids are going through a lot. And the thing is, we now know more, right? We have names to things that we didn't have before, um, you know, uh, with our parents and, you know, whatnot. Like, I I even had this conversation with my own mom and dad, uh, just kind of the trauma of immigrating, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what was it like for them, um, you know, them being a couple and uh, English is not their first language um, in navigating that. And then me as a, I'm a 1.5er. I was born in Indonesia. Mm. Uh, I came to the States when I was four. So I, I remember the uh, the trauma of like having to, you know, quote unquote, assimilate, mm-hmm. trying to understand, you know, English and, you know, like the resiliency of of, of coming over at such a, a for, uh, young age was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I ended up picking up the language pretty fast. And mm-hmm. you know what? I ended up speaking English better than some of my counterparts that, yeah. that were born here. Right. Wow. And so yeah. like the whole ESL thing, I'm like been there done that like why are you putting me still in esl mm-hmm. um you know i but anyway um uh, but besides that point so um yeah i i i think in a way yes there is um you know the young people are uh not experiencing a- as much you know grit as you you'd like to say but i think they also are but in their own um way based on the challenges that well, they are facing. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I think we can't underestimate that reality. And I think one of the things that parents have to be mindful of, and this is just my thing, is that we, we don't teach our children um, to make decisions. We make it yes. for them. Yes. Even when they even when they're teenagers, uh, even when they become like young adults, like we tell them what they need to do. And like the best parenting advice I ever got was the younger you can give your child the power to be responsible to make their own decisions and they have to live with those decisions, whether it's good or whether there's consequences to it, the better they're going to be as they get older. They'll be able to make better decisions. And I think one of the things that I see is that 
you know, we basically program everything for our kids. We tell them exactly what they're going to do. And we don't really engage and ask. And, you know, we, the bedtimes are specific. You're going to bed at this time. No ifs, ands, and buts. And there's, they just live their whole lives not making decisions. And so by the time they get older, they're just like, oh, my goodness, I don't know how to make a right decision. Like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. And then if they make a decision that leads to some hardships, then I think they just don't have the proper faculties to really engage and be able to deal with it in a proper way because they've never been sort of engaged in that way where they've experienced hardships by decisions because they've never made decisions on their own. So I've noticed that that's something that, that I've seen happen, you know, um, you know, with some of the folks at our church as well. But I just think parents have to do a better job at, at a young age, even from the get-go of like, you know, if you don't want to sleep at eight o'clock, okay, that's your choice. But here's the, here's the consequences. Yeah. If you're not going to sleep at eight o'clock, just lay it out. And that's yeah. it. And just let them make those decisions and let them live with those decisions. You know, so I don't know. Any thoughts on that? I think he's talking to you, Gio. Yeah, any to thoughts? Me, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't have kids of my yeah. own. But I will say, yes, I, I, I agree with you. Um, definitely to uh, help them um, understand both the, the decision that they're making, but also the consequences that they're making. And, and I, I think what you said there kind of relates to what I think churches need to understand um, about uh, mentorship and discipleship, uh, because I, I think part of it is, uh, especially when it comes to faith, right? I, I think young people have a discipleship prob uh, problem um, or our churches have a discipleship problem. We're not we're not guiding um, young people, uh, especially to make uh, you know good decisions um, themselves. So, mm. for for example, when it comes to faith, right? Mm -hmm. um, churches, when when a young person starts saying that they have doubts, ooh, oh yeah, ooh, oh yeah, like suddenly oh, yeah. it's like <laughs> you know alarm, alarm, firefighters yep. come over, you know, yeah. paramedics come over, like help, right? <laughs> You know, like and the priest this. comes for the exorcism. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, what I, I think parents need to understand is, you know, when we think like when we think about faith, like we we often think about faith as as a noun, like it, it's like an object or a thing. It's something to think it's some uh, it's like something that we possess or something that we um, use or, or something that we share or something that we even lose. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, my, my colleague, Dr. Argue, Steve Argue, he says that faith is actually actually has like a verb like quality. So mm -hmm. what he says, it's faith is actually a faith thing. Like faith isn't just a noun. It's like an action. And and the thing is, churches and parents, they tend to want their their students to grow in their faith and not change their faith. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, but but do you yeah. see the problem? Yep. Because yeah. faith, if, if like in yes. order for faith to grow, it's got to change, right? It's got to look different than their parents. Exactly. It's got to develop. Yeah. It's got to be contextualized yeah. um, to, to, to the to the young person. Um, but but our response when a young person raises questions uh, of doubt is definitely to freak out. Like, oh, my gosh, ah, can right? I tell yeah. you a funny story? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it totally goes. So this past Sunday, we met, had to meet my older daughter who's getting baptized this upcoming Sunday, had to meet with her um, children's pastor for a one on one to make sure. I think the yeah. intention is they were like, oh, it's so that she can ask any questions. But it, I think it was more to ascertain that this child actually knew what she was doing. Yeah. So we're sitting in this room and it's just Lila, me and then this pastor and the pastor asks her about her faith and i kid you not the first thing lila says is well sometimes i'm not sure if god is real <laughs> and, and that's a good answer <laughs> no but this is at 
baptism yes, one on one. Well, so how do you how do you how did you, how did you feel, Sua, when no, no, when no, you no, I mean, she said this to me multiple times. It wasn't a surprise. Yeah. I just yeah. you horrified. Was, yeah. No, I was just surprised at the timing of why when you're you're coming to a baptism. <laughs> one-on-one and the pastor is asking you why do you want to be baptized why would you start the answer with i'm just sometimes i'm just not sure god is real like i couldn't understand that logic yeah Um, Yeah. but you know what i was very thankful that um she did not respond the way the elders or the elder the adults in my life had responded when i voiced that question the pastor was extremely gracious and she was she was very wise and she said i sometimes also have those questions it's a part of the faith journey and i was very thankful but i just but it was just funny because my i was just sitting there like that that's what you're going to open with (laughs) like that's what you're going to say right now (laughs) yeah that's awesome that is so good yeah well so there are a couple of things that I, you know, uh, I want to sh- ask you as well. Just your thoughts. Uh, first is just this is. I know you're not a parent, but you've done a lot of study on the young generation. Now, in parenting, sometimes w- there are uh, there are times where we just really struggle with the relationship with our kids, mm-hmm. and and some people would say these are my wayward kids. These are kids that are just like the black sheeps or something like that. Like, what would you say to a parent? And I know this is a very broad general sort of a, a question. What would you say to a parent that's really struggling in their parenting right now? Um, they're struggling because they feel like they're not getting through the, to their children. Yeah. Uh, they actually believe that their kids hate them, you know, cause some yeah. parents do that. They're like, well, they just hate my guts. And there's just, they're completely unresponsive, like completely. And I, and I can tell you, and I can give you a list of people that I know that come to me, parents that come to me and they say this to me, literally face to face. And they'll always say to me, can you help me? Can you sit down with my kids and talk to that? And I'm just thinking like, I mean, I don't, I really can't do much, but what would yeah. you like to say maybe to those parents who really struggle and they don't think that their kids really like them? Uh, they don't feel like they have much authority in their lives anymore or presence where they would acknowledge them in a way where they can respond uh, to the things that they're asking them potentially to do and maybe be a part of and things like that. What, what, what kind of advice would you give to them? I love that question. And, and, and sometimes that's like, Oh, hello. no, I got you. Yeah. You're good. You're good. Okay. Um, my mind was like all, all weird, but yeah, I, I love that question. Sometimes it's kind of a hard question, especially to ask me as, 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 as a single person, but, um, based off of the research and based of like my work with young people um, yeah i want to first say don't give up (laughs) Mm -hmm. um number two is uh empathy like empathize with your children Mm -hmm. and realize that some of the questions that they are asking do go back to that roots of the three big questions Mm. um who am i where do i fit and you know what's my purpose in life right um you you just got to hear it and um and um, you, you're going to have to ask them in a, like in, in their terms. So, so what I mean by that is, so I, I, I tell some parents like, where, where's the best place for you to, to communicate, um, um, as, as a parent and, and teen. And they say the car, right. Mm-hmm. The car ride, um, to yep. school or back from school. And then I said, okay, great. Then ask them questions, like ask them, um, uh, questions like that start off with, you know, uh, I'm curious, blank, 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 you know, or, you know, tell me more, you know, uh, when they respond. Uh, because when you ask those questions, you're helping them um, in, in a way disciple 
um, mm. and you're also helping them, you know, think through uh, what what their uh, yeah some of the struggles that they're 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 going through. Uh, another another thing that uh, like my colleague Kara Powell, um, you know, asked uh, was um, I want to I want to say this right because I I I don't want to misquote her, but like when she she's in a car ride with her. Um, her kid, her question is, you know, what's something that you believe um, that you no longer believe that I believe? Uh, and what's something that you do believe that I don't think or that you think I don't believe? That's mm. ex- those are excellent questions. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason why is because that allows the parent and the kid to have a good um, open healthy you know question relationship and kind of just lay those cards on on the table um and that way the kid doesn't feel threatened Hmm. and the parent doesn't feel threatened as well um you know they may they may may worry about like the answer right but at least it gives the parent an honest answer to where their their kid is at Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and so um i I, I think part of it is like as parents, um, we just got to find different ways uh, to reach our kids um, and again, meet them where they're at. And if if it's after school or if it's driving around or if it's getting boba yeah. or if, it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know, playing catch. I, I don't know what, what people know. listening in Ohio are like, what's a boba? <laughs> okay, first of all, we have multiple Kung Fu tea franchises here. Is that right? Yes. Right on. And I've heard that... Um, What's that other one? Gongcha may be coming. So oh, stop. Okay. Stop hating okay. on us. I, I, all right. I, I apologize. But Sua, you're, you're actually, you and John are really good parents too. But any advice you would have on that for well, parents who are really struggling right now? I don't now? know. For good parents, it's t- TBD. Although, you know what? Clearly, I just want to say. you always downplay your achievements. No. So, you know, I, so I, I will, I will, yeah. We've already established that our children are not our achievements in a That's previous true. episode. That's true. That, but, yeah. you're, but you're a pretty darn good parent. All right, go. But I do want to clarify and say it. I don't think it's always like an input equals output thing with parenting. So yeah. that so if I say, oh, I'm a good parent, therefore my children work will come out exactly the way I expect them to, or yeah. good, quote unquote. Yeah. I have seen many parents do the best job they could, a great job, and still have conflict with their children. Yeah. So I just want to make that clear. I don't think that every, you know, failed sheep, black sheep child, whatever you may perceive, is necessarily something because the parents did something wrong. Like I feel like that's such a difficult thing for parents to already carry. So I don't want to put that on parents. Right. But I do I'm listening to you and I'm like, the common thread here seems to be listening. And maybe mm. the problem is that our as parents, we just spend most of the kids' adolescence and younger years not asking them anything. And even when they try to tell us things, we don't listen. Like, right. We just don't listen, right? I mean, do you feel like that's true? I feel like most of yeah. is if they tell us something, we're like, okay, whatever. Like, okay, for example, yep. sometimes my kids, did you ever hear, see this thing on the internet where they were like, I never thought that you could be talked to death until I became a parent. And I feel like it could happen. Like I sometimes feel like I'm dying because my, yeah. my kids talk so much. Like even right now, my child is calling me. She's at school. Why is she calling me? I don't know. Um, my, like she called me to, to, she texted me two hours ago saying, can I eat a chocolate chip cookie at the cafeteria? I'm like, just eat it. Like stop Ooh, asking. Why is she asking you for permission? What kind know. of she just, are you doing? 
I don't know. She always wants to talk to me, but she wants to talk to me about Pokemon characters. She wants to talk to me about the weird video she saw on YouTube Kids. She wants to talk about. And the thing is, sometimes John's like, I'll give you $2 if you guys just stop talking for 10 minutes because my ears are hurting. Like, I, but then I always try to remind him, like, as somebody who also talked a lot and my mom felt like she was dying also. Yeah. If you don't listen to the little things, they're not going to tell you the big things, right? Yeah. So you have to establish a pattern. And I think maybe the yeah. problem is that when they were younger, we didn't pay attention to what they were saying. And then mm-hmm. suddenly when they're older and we actually want to know what they're thinking, we don't have that established pattern or culture in our family. And so they won't tell us anything because maybe they yeah. think you won't listen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hearing yeah. from what Gio is saying, it's for especially for Gen Z, this relationship and I guess they call, mm-hmm. I, I read some of the research from FYI, is that what yeah. it's called? And the Springtide research. Yeah. And they said relational value. This is like a yes. big thing, yeah. right? And so, you know, I, I really feel like that's what it is. It's like Geo's hidden like on the nail. Like you just have to have a relationship and you have to, it starts with listening, yes, honest right. com- communication. And, yeah. And, and, and that's why when I, he- when I hear you say those questions that uh, was it Ly- Lila? Yes, Lila. Asked, yes, like the I'm one who hearing... needs an exorcism. She has an appointment <laughs> yeah, but, on Tuesday. <laughs> but what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing, is actually like belonging questions, right? Like mm. even though she's talking about Pokemon or whatever, mm-hmm. she's including you into this conversation about mm-hmm. Pokemon. Which meaning, like, like you know, I feel a sense of belonging because my mom knows about Pikachu or and Raichu and, <laughs> and Raichu and all yeah, these and things. all of them yeah like mm-hmm. and this is and this is a me and my mom I get to share this with my mom kind of thing that's a belonging thing I mean I wish you, you know? would care more about the other stuff that's you cool know, like Harry <laughs> Potter so cool. maybe but you know yeah let, let, if I can give uh one advice uh to parents and this is something that I thought was really helpful for for me like one of the things that we did every day at the dinner table when we would eat together, this is when my kids were really young. And, they, and I think when they were younger, they all like competed about going first. Like, they, like as soon as we prayed, they'd be like, first, second, third, you know, that kind of thing. We did every day. We said, share two things that made you happy and two things that made you sad. Love that. And yeah. I just tried to help them to be in touch with their feelings. Yes. And um, it was so funny because one time, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, uh, Christian shared. He was this when he was really young. He was like probably like in third grade or second grade, yeah. and and he shared something that made him sad. And we thought, well, but wait a minute, you wrote on your aunt's like you drew like you drew mar- you took a marker and drew stuff on her white wall, and then you try to cover it up with a calendar, like <laughs> that shit. And you got yelled at. And so like he didn't share that. He shared something else, and then. <laughs> And then I said, as a Christian, shouldn't you have shared maybe like with, you know, like shouldn't you have shared what happened with your aunt today? And I forget if my wife remembers what exactly he said, but he said, dude, pay attention to your own feelings. Stop telling me what I need to feel. Wait, that's what he said to you? That's what he said to me. (laughs) And I was like, what is wrong with this kid? This kid's like in second grade and he's saying like, just pay attention to your feelings. Stop trying to invade mine. And so, but, but what's really interesting is that there were moments at the dinner table where I would change it a little bit. I'd say, could we just share what is our greatest fear right now that we're struggling with? Mm, yeah. And I underestimated how much fear that they have. Mm-hmm. And like, and I, I wasn't expecting it, but like they'd be crying at the dinner table. And I'm just like, whoa, like to have a space, yeah. safe space for them to be able to share that. 
Um, I think really helps. And like, you know, I have a special relationship with all my kids, but I think with my oldest daughter, we have a real special relationship. And whenever she's struggling, like I'm grateful. I don't want to say whenever. I, I don't want to take this for granted because I, I also don't want to exaggerate it. But I know if she, when she's going through some really hard things in her life, she will always call me and just share it with me. And I uh, just want to know, like, what are my thoughts and what, 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 what I should do. And I'm so grateful that we have that kind of relationship uh, because I, I, I just, you know, I can't ever ask her that I would love to be this person for you. But I just said, if you ever need me, I'm always here for you. Mm -hmm. But I just think, parents, if you can get your kids to share what they're feeling regularly yes. uh, in a very safe, open environment, really yeah. good things. But then you got to share very honestly, too. Yeah. You got to share Model what made it. you happy, what made you sad. And, you know, like when Jenny and I would fight and sometimes the kids would see it, then we would have to share that. And, you know, my wife is very honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad because dad and I got into a fight and he said some really bad things to me. And I'm like, wow, okay. You know, but we just have to be very honest about that. And I think yeah. that's key to just let your kids know that emotions are very welcomed in your dynamic, in your relationship, and that you share it, not when you're angry or really upset, but that you can share it in a very happy, even in a, in a safe environment as you're just eating a meal. So that's helped not, us. But not just parents, right? I mean, Gio, can you talk about this? Like, isn't that also something that a mentor or somebody who is like a spiritual parent can do for you? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, it's so important. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I am a product of, of all that, like the, the questions that, that are asked, um, you know, growing up, whether it be my parents or um, the older uh, youth volunteers, um, they would ask me like, at, you know, I, I will say at first I was annoyed because they like, why are they only asking me these questions? Like questions, questions, mm. questions. But like, so for example, I would watch a movie, right? And then like, either my mom or one of the mentors, they would ask me questions like, oh, what, what did you learn um, about the movie? Like what, what, uh, mm. you know, what was the moral of the story or, and, and, you know, what does that say about the world? You know, and then they get deeper, like theological questions. Mm -hmm. like, what does that say about um, God? Because mm -hmm. for, you know, for them, um, you know, all truth leads to God. If God is the author of truth, all truth mm -hmm. leads yeah. to God. Yeah. And so in, in certain, in many stories, there's truth in it. And so mm -hmm. they are constantly honing in on that truth through all the questions That's that they amazing. ask. Um, even like music, for example, the lyrics that like I'm listening to, because, you know, back in the day, youth group, right? They're like, ah, oh, don't, don't listen to such and such and such and such, right? But they really made me think like, oh, yeah, what am I listening to? What is that um, say about me? Mm. Uh, what does it say about what I believe? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what does it say about what this person believes? And is that something I too believe, mm. you know, mm. because, you know, it's, it's, it's information that's coming into me. And so these are questions constantly that my parents and the young uh, and the youth volunteers are asking. And because of these questions, um, I think I am where I am now, like especially faith wise yeah. is because I've asked those questions. Uh, I'm sorry, I've, I've been asked those questions. I've been allowed to mm -hmm. wrestle with mm -hmm. those questions and I've been allowed to answer those questions. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Lovely, yeah. You know, the last thing I'll say is parents, it's really important to get feedback from your kids on how you're doing as a parent and do that only when you guys are in a good place. But just like, I, I always wanted to know, and I just said, Hey, is there some things like, how am I doing as a dad? Um, can you give me some feedback? Maybe how I can be better. And I think those are important questions to ask. Then you, then you give them permission to speak into your life and even share like, this could really be helpful dad. If you stop doing this 
or if you started doing this, that kind of stuff. I think that's really good. Um, yes. Gio, I have one more question. We're getting yeah. late here, and I'd love to just end with this in terms of ministry-wise. Yeah. I think a lot of pastors today, church leaders, we underestimate the power of digital ministry. Um, and, and, and we don't even think about that, but I do know that that's where the young people live. Yes. They live in the digital world. And yet this is such a, like for us, it's like, might as well just say, let's go to space because <laughs> for, for, for pastors who are older and stuff, it's just not something we've never grown up in the digital space. Could you just maybe just share just some of your thoughts, but why digital ministry or, you know, some, some people call it. We need digital missionaries. We need digital pastors um, to be able to connect because the young people live in the digital and the virtual world. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, and that's going to be my conversation with uh, our springtime uh, partners. But yeah, mm. like we definitely see the rise of, of technology and um, especially social media as, as, as a way uh, that young people uh, use. It's a tool that they use and, and it's both positive, um, you know, and, and negative, right. There's like, it's a mixed bag. Um, but young people are living and, and breathing social media. And um, if we are supposed to be where the people are, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm sounding like Ariel right now. <laughs> no, go for it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just we, want to be a part of their world. Yeah. If we really want to mm -hmm. be part of their world, mm -hmm. then, yeah, we definitely gotta <laughs> gotta be there. Um, but like, also like, I, like, uh, we gotta speak their language in in a way that, like, I don't know how to say it. Like, I don't I don't want to be corny, right? You know, kind of mm. thing. But um, yeah, stop saying sus, Pastor Peter. Or <laughs> lit. To be cool. Or lit. Yeah, just stop. Yeah. Stop thinking. You'll just be yourself. Um, because yeah. that's something stop that young people cool. people want is the uh, yeah. uh, authenticity. Yes. But. You, you already see it right now on, on TikTok and on Instagram, people who are influencing your kids, mm -hmm. uh, specifically for, for Christ. Um, you know, they're recording, uh, you know, videos that, um, you know, are both entertaining but thought-provoking. Um, and and they're, they're just being real, honestly. Mm -hmm. like that, that's what they, they, like, some of their Insta stories or their TikToks are them being real them being quote unquote weak like yeah. before before the young people yeah. and that's what young people uh like love yes. is is realness and rawness yeah um and even though it's done online yeah right? that's yeah. very ironic yeah they don't, no, they don't so true. They, they, and they don't need the overproduce you know whatever yeah. like that's like they they're uh they're they have a bs um what do you call it bs barometer like barometer yeah. Yeah. yeah so like they know when you are not being truthful. And so, um, mm. yeah, like TikTok is like the, the new way. Um, yeah. Should a church have TikTok? Uh, I, I think it depends on how you use it, mm -hmm. really, right? And, and, if, and how effective you, you uh, want to use it. It's, it's hacks. We can give hacks on how to read the Bible. Apparently, this is yeah. like, a, I don't know if this is the younger kids. Everything to my kids right now is a hack. Like, yeah. mommy, mm -hmm. can I show you a hack on how to open that bag of crackers? I'm like, sure. Yeah. Then she took the scissors and she opened it. I'm like, how is that a hack? Like, yeah. I just don't get it. <laughs> but everything yeah. is like a hack. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but I think one of my the best thing I, I, I can say is that because young people live in that realm, I think this is the opportunity for mm -hmm. churches to actually hire other young people to go to after To do them. it. 
right? Because yeah, yeah. Who, who better oh, yeah, than the, yeah, yeah, them yeah. themselves that, that are that in the world, online, that in that, the social media world? Yeah, exactly. They yeah. know how to reach their own um, people, their age. They know That's the questions that they're asking, um, which is why when you see some of the TikToks, it's it's young people themselves, and and sometimes like I worry about that, right? Because I'm like, ooh, is, is it gonna be theologically sound? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like mm. some other thing, but you know. I've been surprised. A lot of yeah, young people yeah. there, like they are spitting out truth, like mm. real truth. Um, and yeah, and and again, and and if like, and if if the danger is like, oh, what if it's like not you know theologically sound? Well, then the next best thing is have that conversation with your student. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. talk about that TikTok with your student. Yeah. Like, what about it was for you uh, was theologically um inaccurate or you know yeah again relational like be relational with your young person you know uh growing up in the church when i was younger i heard the term i heard this phrase a lot um you cannot expect people to sit in your pews you got to bring the pews into the streets right and that's that was that was pretty profound back in my day but i think today it's really the same thing it's the same concept you just can't expect people to watch or to come and be a part of your church you gotta actually go into the digital world and meet them where they are. Yeah. And that's why I think this is unavoidable. If you're a church yeah. leader or a pastor, you really do need to really think through this and understand that there is a digital world out there that young people are living in and we can't avoid it any longer because if we do, we're gonna miss them. If we really wanna yeah. reach them and help them to understand the love of Jesus, uh, we have to engage in their world and we can't avoid it. So I do hope that that will be something that you'll be open to learning, growing in, and even asking young people to help lead you in, because I don't think we can really fully figure this out because it's not a world that we're very comfortable and we understand, but we need to glean on from young people like Geo, um, other folks that really understand this world that are in it and that they can help and give you ideas and thoughts on how you can go about doing it. So Speaking anyway, yeah. on digital technology, Geo, do you want to quickly tell us about yes. some of the different things that you're a part of and how we well, can well, find could you, you. Could you please and... give us your Instagram handle? Because yeah. I, I know you have a lot of people that follow you, which I was very impressed. And if you lived in this area, I would hire you. I'd be like, Gio, can you help us? <laughs> you with can't that afford media? him. Wait, can you be a social media <laughs> pastor, man. I'd love to have you on here as a social media pastor. But could you share a little bit about like, you know, some of your things, your Instagram handle, your TikTok or whatever. And some people you would recommend we follow if you want to yes. keep Yes. And maybe a book on digital ministry or something like that. If Just you, tell if us is... everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can follow... Uh, the Fuller Youth Institute at, uh, on Instagram at at Fuller Youth Institute. If you want to follow me personal, like it's, it's just pictures. I, I'm a photographer on the side. Oh, you I know? love yeah, your, but your outfits are amazing. Uh, and, and you put like ten, like you put like a few posts a day on your Instagram. You and do, your, right? I, yeah. Well, I love it. Kinda, kinda, you share kinda. stuff. Like you, you, you're very active on your Instagram. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's Respect. go geo go because I'm always on the go. <laughs> go geo go. Geo G I O G O because I'm always on the go. Go. Oh, G-I-O. I love it. All go right. Institute. Yeah. Um, Institute. Yep. Yeah, and then if uh, for other books about young people, check out um, our our book Growing Young. Um, that's the way. Uh, young. Uh, sorry. That's very helpful for churches so that they can know how uh, to help their churches grow younger like as in like mm. more young people in their church um that's actually a funny plug here is metro was part of that research um so mm. yay metro yep. uh, you guys helped show us how to grow younger uh, oh, in churches interesting. Yay. um there's another book called growing with uh, which is helpful for parents 
who have kids as young as 13 to as old as 29 because it's called growing with because it's supposed to encourage parents uh, for them to realize that even though their young people have you know left the the roost or sorry the nest so to speak they're not done parenting Mm -hmm. you know they're still Mm -hmm. They, they, they're going to take on other roles um, and especially as guides uh, for their, for the spiritual life of, of the growing of the, with of the kids. Okay. With. And then we have uh, uh, other uh, books called uh, young adult ministry. Now that's a big mm. one. Um, so if you are into uh, reading about uh, young people, specifically the emerging adults, which is ages 18 to 30. Uh, that's, that's another big one. That's by Steve argue. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you all should check that out. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Thank listen, you. Gio, it, it, it's been awesome having you on. And we're definitely going to invite you to do other things with us. So would you mind I joining us? I get to ask like half of my questions. Please. I know, Please. I know, yeah. I know. Sorry, he has to we're, come back. He has yeah. to come back. Yeah. Sorry, I monopolized the whole time. Maybe you and Sue should just record one. No, so that, no, so no, no. In here no. And, and ruin everything. But Gio, thank you so much for joining us. And for thank those you. who have any questions, if you have questions for Gio, any thoughts, any questions, feedback, you can get on weekpastor.org. You can reply on our Facebook, uh, our Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Please, again, thank you for listening. Hope that you'll join us again next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.